Gilbert, since I know you don't follow the Twitter for our podcast, I know I can share this bit and it will still be a surprise to you. So I wanted to hold on to this little bit of information until we did our inevitable crossover with friend of the show, Are You Afraid of the Dark Universe? But things happen, things change, plans move on, such is the spice of life. But Amber, I still haven't seen The Mummy. I don't think you've seen The Mummy. I saw the film Joy Deep Dive on it. Never gonna watch the, the movie, probably, because it's The funny. 1999 one? No! The 2017 Mummy. Oh, okay. Still haven't seen it, because it's Yeah, funny. obviously. But did you know that there is a tie-in video game by Wavepoint Entertainment to 2017's The Mummy? Um, I didn't know that, but I think that if you told me that that wasn't true, I would be surprised. Because not only is there one, but I own it. And I've 100%ed the 2017. Sorry, <laughs> what? It's it's a full-on, like, 24-bit Metroidvania movie tie-in to 2017's The Mummy. And I've 100%ed it because it actually fucks super hard. Is it... It's good? It's good. It is stupid good. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have answers. It's it's good. The soundtrack slaps. The art is good. The gimmick is every time you die, you're last because you play as a faceless agent for the legally not shield that exists in the dark universe. And that agent who died gets brought back as a zombie and you have to kill them to get all your weaponry back. The kind of art that we missed out on by not allowing the dark universe to happen, huh? Truly, but that's why we're here. To resurrect the dark universe. Do you have a soundboard? No, I have a slide whistle. Oh. You just have a slide whistle. <laughs> I own two slide whistles. You own two slide whistles. This is gonna get off the rails. Amber, what are the <laughs> rails? What's, what's the podcast? What do we do here? Hi, my name is Amber Autumn. She, her. This is my co-host, Prince Devin. He, him. Collectively, we are original podcast. Do not steal a weekly podcast in which every week Devin and I um, take some favorite franchise or least favorite franchise. Um, or franchise that only conceptually existed, um, and we talk about it for a while, and then we make an original character in that franchise, or sometimes several characters in that franchise, or sometimes, um, if we're just feeling like we really want a hot chocolate comfort day, um, we revisit one of our old episodes, and we take up all the characters that we've already made, and then we cast them, um, which is what's gonna happen today. Did I miss anything? Is that a sound about right? That is exactly right. We're casting our dark... God damn it! I'm putting I'm putting a referendum because I know that that's gonna show up terrible on your audio. I think it's actually gonna be better than you think it's gonna be. But um, okay, I put the I put the slide whistle down. It's down. Check we can take it seriously whistle. now. We can we can take the dark universe seriously now. We can take our dark universe seriously now. We gotta be super serious about it, man. It's important. Uh, 
so do you have any preamble, anything you'd like to say about our dark universe before we get into casting it? This is our this is our third dark universe episode. Just as a quick recap, so the dark universe is um a like failed cinematic project that Universal Studios did because the Universal Movie Monsters is like the original cinematic universe, right? It's you know Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, uh, uh, Gilman, uh, the Mummy. Um, uh, Invisible Man. Is Phantom of the Opera in there? Huh. Phantom of the Opera doesn't. He gets forgot all the time. He's like chronologically the last one to show up and the only one to show up in color, so it doesn't get thought about it in that context. But technically, yeah, he's part of like Universal huh. Classic Era canon. So, um, a few years ago, Universal tried rebooting the Dark Universe as, um, like a contemporary cinematic universe and with The Mummy 2017. Um, and then that fell on its own face and ate shit. Um, and we came along and we said, how would we do this but better? And we came up with the coolest cinematic universe of all time. Um, and everyone was an idiot for not hiring us immediately. Um, yeah, am I missing anything there? No, that's pretty much it, unless you wanted to get into it with characters. But I imagine we'll do that over the casting process. So here's my question. Do you mm -hmm. want to start with, like, ancillary side characters and work our way up to top billing? Or do you want to stop to top billing and then work your way down? Also, I would like to talk about lore at some point. Would you want to talk about lore stuff before or after the casting process? I want to do lore stuff before the casting process. Okay, cool. So, still haven't seen 2017's The Mummy starring Tom Cruise and other people. But I Neither have, have seen... I. <laughs> but I've you played seen... the game. You've 100%ed the game, though. <laughs> I've 100%ed the game that Tom Cruise does not make an appearance in because all of his contracts say you can only use his likeness to promote the movie, nothing else. So, I played the game. I've watched the film joy deep dive episode and i have listened to are you afraid of the dark universe and now i know that tom cruise becomes the mummy at the end of that movie because he is like the avatar for the egyptian god set so like <laughs> there's <laughs> mythological pantheons at play in the dark universe and on an offhand joke i was like hey amber can grindle be in our dark universe and you said yeah so like how how big, how cosmic, how many gods are at play or are we allowed to have at play in our dark universe? This is the question of, like, do you do the Marvel cinematic or the Marvel universe thing where, like, all of the cosmologies are canon at the same time? Or, like, do we want to, like, limit it to specific ones or... It feels like... I don't know, like, of those... The only properly, like, supernatural ones are Dracula and the Mummy, right? Um, Invisible Man is a product of science. Jekyll and Hyde is a product of science. Gilman is just forgotten by evolution. Um, uh, Wolfman is maybe magic, but not, like, a deific thing. Um, but, like, the Mummy is like definitely a Egyptian gods thing and then Dracula is definitely like a a Christian god um sort of a situation which is a bummer because those two are are sort of difficult to make compatible with each other 
the, <laughs> you've seen two movies that take well you've seen one movie i saw a movie in theaters with you that takes place in egypt where the plot is god is upset <laughs> christianity and egyptian with an egyptian stuff actually work together pretty well whole section of the bible about it that fucking rules well sure but like in terms of like like if the mummy is being animated by the egyptian gods that doesn't track very well with having, like, a monotheistic, like, with it being Yahweh, you know? To be fair, we don't have to do any of that. I just want to know if you would like to, if we we're allowed to go full on, like, our dark universe is fucking magic, bro. I am fully on board with there being magic in our dark universe. Um, and I'm honestly sort of okay with not worrying that much about the cosmological inconsistencies. Dracula is hurt by crosses, and the mummy is also animated by the Egyptian gods, and it's fine. Yeah, the best way to do it, particularly in this way where we're just pitching things, is to be like, ah, we can do it sometimes, it's fine, and we do not need to hammer it out like fiction authors, because that's not what we are. Is that the main lore question, or...? Yeah, that was the main lore question. I was just like, Sick. do we have gods? Because Grendel's here. <laughs> Grendel implies, like, older than Dracula, kind of. So, before we get into the casting, I want to know, how many of these have you already mentally cast? How much do you already have ideas versus we're going to fully do this on the fly? Here's the thing. Almost all of them, I have some that are more attached to others. Well, I... Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Just... I'm just cool. going to build it. I'm just going to say it right here, right now. My Dracula... I am so attached. I refuse to hear any other casting. I will not, like, I am fungible on everything else. I will fight really hard for the Frankenstein I have. There are some others I'm very attached to. The Wolfman I want who I picked. But all of those can be negotiated. I actually am really looking forward to your ideas. You see more movies than I do. But I refuse. I refuse to move. I will die on the casting I have for Dracula. Okay. Do you want to start by telling me Dracula? I also, before you say it, um, I want to mention, so um, uh, I've mentioned a couple times in this podcast that I occasionally will take a entire month where I watch every movie in a particular franchise. We did a James Bond episode like a year back um, that was uh, because I had watched every James Bond movie that had ever been made leading up to that point. Um, and I'm currently almost exactly halfway through Dracula month um, where I've just been, I've watched... Um, like 15 Dracula movies between 1922 and 1973 with a bunch more coming um, in the next two weeks. Um, and so I spent a lot of time with Christopher Lee as Dracula. Um, and I'm going to say this take on air right now. I really hope you don't want to cast Christopher Lee because I don't enjoy him in this role. I think he's boring in it. Um, well, no, because uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's I dead. I, I... <laughs> Oh, you're... Okay, we're doing exclusively, like, actors as they currently are in the present day who are alive. Cool. I mean, we could do both. Um, there are some picks I have where I'm like, well, this is fan... Like, well, I guess we'll discuss as we go through it how much of this is sure. fantasy booking versus how much would we actually want it to see. But yeah, I have it sure. listed under, like, ancillary characters, lesser monsters kind of farting around. Maybe we just pick some people and then cast around that. And then the big monsters, where do you want to start in the casting process? I want to start with the big ones and work our way down. I think I want to start with the really important ones and then try to figure out who's going to have chemistry with those actors. Okay, cool. Then, let, do you want to start with Dracula then? 
I want to start with Dracula, and uh, you've written down all of the characters. Can you give us a quick, like, one second, re one sentence recap of um, what we decided for each of these characters? Dracula is an interesting one because we had Dracula as a shapeshifter, yeah. So yes, all right. And I also took the liberty of renaming some of the things we did because I I said fucking Bimmy and Jimmy Lee for our goddamn werewolves. So starting with our Wolfmen, I have. Jonathan and Darius Wolfsbane. Our thing about the Wolfmen was it is a toxic brother relationship wherein the shitty brother Jonathan wants to be a Chad Alpha and he cannot put up with the fact that his brother is a beta cuck and eventually pushes his brother uh, into being a monster just like him. Mm -hmm. We have our The Mummy, who we have The Mummy is like an aging rock star, a whoever, the Paul McCartney, the Beatle who is alive. They mm -hmm. are a histrionic person with a very different assumption of how the world should work because while alive they were a pharaoh we have our frankensteins mr and mrs wherein frankie is a stay-at-home kind of slow book reading guy just wants to chill and his wife the missus is very energetic fun thrill-seeking go-getter and we have our gender fluid shape-shifting dracula who is our ultimate big bad just fucking evil because we're somewhat playing off Dracula Untold. The last movie in Amber's Dracula Month. Mm -hmm. That'll come on January 31st. All right, and that's the one-second pitch for all the characters. Do you want to go through it? Yeah, so let's start Let's start with Dracula, the one that you're most attached to. Okay, so here's what it is. It's Emma <laughs> Darcy, all right? It's full-on Emma Darcy. And now, is that because Emma Darcy is a non-binary actor who could really just provide some nuance and subtlety and real humanity to a gender-fluid role and a chance I don't think they get a lot to do. Yes. Is it because Emma Darcy has elegance and anger so perfectly mirrored in their performance of Rhaenyra Targaryen in HBO Max's House of the Dragon? Is it because I'm on a huge Game of Thrones kick right now and I kind of wanted to recast everyone from that show? Yes. Is it because... I want Emma Darcy to play a vampire and make vampire seduction eyes down camera for like an hour and a half. Yes, 100% also that. All of the things I have just said. I have a huge crush on Emma Darcy and I think they do great in the role. <laughs> I want Emma Darcy to be Dracula so bad. If you cast Dracula and you didn't like even mention like having a crush on the person who you cast and wanting to fuck them or more aptly wanting them to fuck you. Um, I would, I would, I would break up with you. I would dump you on the spot. Um, so I think that you're, I think you're on the right call. I've never seen Dem Emma Darcy in anything. Um, I don't watch the dragon show nor I'm um, looking at the rest of this. What, uh, wanderlust. I have no idea what any of this is. I haven't seen any of this, but um... spoilers. We're gonna do a wanderlust episode because I found shout out to Queen of Rose who has a bunch of uh, sapphic, <laughs> sapphic tribute videos. But there was one with Emma Darcy acting opposed a British woman who I do not remember the name of from Wanderlust, and it was really cute. So I watched the whole show, and <laughs> so now we're gonna do an episode about Wanderlust later. Okay, great. That's really funny that that's the one that I happened to choose then. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, cool. That's easy. I won't I won't contest you. I support that casting. Hell yeah, Emma Darcy is Dracula. Our dark universe rules. Alright. <laughs> you can you can you can lose the rest of them. That you got that one win. Honestly, kinda yeah. I'm pretty attached to the rest, but fuck, I win. I got Emma Darcy as Dracula dog, hell yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so 
So now the Frankensteins, Mr. and Mrs., and my picks now. I'm pretty attached to the Frankenstein. I wasn't too great on the Mrs., and I, again, all of these are fungible after Emma Darcy. But tell me what you think of this one. For the monster, I think the one, the only, the character actor, famous voice actor, the voice of Lex Luthor and Asajj Opress from Clone Wars, baby, the one and only Mr. Krabs and the motherfucking Kurgan from Highlander, babies, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Clancy Brown. Every single person you say, I'm going to need to Google. God damn you. <laughs> I mean, you just named all the people that is, all the people that this person has played, so... Like, I can, I can infer some things, but most of them were voice roles, you know? And so I have to... It's fine. I'm looking him up. It's fine. Particularly now, like, older Clancy Brown, who existed as, like, burned-out detective who doesn't want to be there in David Cage's shitty-ass Detroit Become Human, I really think this older, tired Clancy Brown would make for, like, a perfect Frankenstein's monster, <laughs> particularly for the stay-at-home, not-busybody we have in our universe. I t- and he's got that voice. Man, oh, I, f- I love Clancy Brown. I am a full-on Clancy Brown mark. All right, well, you're quietly contemplating. I'm gonna vamp, but I watch... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at... I'm, I'm looking through actresses. <laughs> oh, so, so you're in agreement? Yeah, I'm totally fine. I'm totally fine with that pick. I'm just... Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out who to pair him with. Oh, I had, uh, my pick was Selma Hayek. Thoughts? Yeah, that's not bad. Selma Hayek is one of the most powerful and distinguished actresses of our generation, is self-evident. The only thing I would really say is, like, this is, like, unrelated to everything, but Selma Hayek has been hot since I was born, and she's still hot. Oh, uh, she's still you, hot. Selma Hayek. It's crazy how hot you still are. <laughs> Which, like, works for, like, I think the Bride of Frankenstein. She would, she pulls that hair off, you know? Oh, she would. And particularly, she would pull wanted, that hair off. I wanted an actress who was in, like, within the same age range as Clancy Brown, because you don't want to cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, okay. So the, the pause that I took there was because you said that, and I went to Google both of their ages really quick, because I was like, surely he's way, way older than her, but he's not that much older than her. <laughs> he's she's not. like, she's 56. She just looks really, really young. Yeah, that's, oh. Oh, Salma Hayek, you are you are a treasure. You bless this world. All right, so we're all in agreement. Uh, anything else to say before I move on to our to our invisible? This whole man? episode is going to be you naming you casting people for me and me agreeing, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> I d- I have so little idea how you're going to react to my invisible man pitch. Okay. <laughs> okay. So for the invisible man. I didn't want to do the thing Hollywood does, because Hollywood, for some reason, is terrified of voice actors. Joke about Chris Pratt being Mario. We all know it. We all hate it. We're all in agreement. Yes? Um, I have maybe slightly more complicated and nuanced feelings about Chris Pratt as Mario, but I don't care enough about the Mario movie to get into it. So at first, I was like, all right, who's a voice actor who can be threatening if the scene demands it, but also exists in that charming space where you're a shitlord? And I thought... Scott McNeil would be awesome. Amber isn't going to know who Scott McNeil is, but any of the voice actors I pick, Amber won't notice. And then I stumbled upon one (laughs) that was so stupid, that was so crazy, so bold. I had no choice but to go, yes, I'm writing it down. And Amber, you're super not going to know, but my pick, (laughs) the Invisible Man, is Takahata 101 (laughs) of Dragon Ball Z and Helsing Abridged Fame. 
And if you just look up, I don't know, a la carte or perfect cell abridged compilation and listen to Takahata's voice for a bit. Wait, what, wait, what's, wait, what's the, what's this guy's name? Takahata101, currently a VTuber, but he is famous for playing Perfect Cell, Nappa, and Alucard in Team Four Star's various abridged projects. And whilst you were doing that, I will vamp about, like, why I think Takahata actually, like, outside of the joke, the meme of it of it all, because Takahata is, like, a very loud, big, goofy personality just in his everyday life, and I feel like if you go, hey, if you, what if you got to be a Grindle Wormtongue Invisible Man who's more of a cheeky shit than a smart guy, I feel like Taka would just sink his teeth into that. And I do think, like, Taka can be a goof. He's Nappa, and it's funny. But he's also perfect Sal and Alucard. And both of those roles, when the chips are down and he needs to be serious and command your attention with just his voice, he can do those things. And <laughs> it's my most dark horse pick, but I actually believe... I believe in you, Takahata 101. <laughs> it's a really big break for this guy making a jump to major feature films. <laughs> Our dark universe... From, like... Like, going from playing All Might and My Hero Academia abridged to the Invisible Man in the Dark Universe. Listen, some of this is a launching pad. Some of these I just have, I don't know, an unknown actor I don't know about yet. But yeah, fucking Takahata 101 is the Invisible Man. Sure, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't... I have no idea what this dude sounds like, but if you think he would be skilled for the role, I don't have, I don't have any reason to say no to you. <laughs> I said look up cell cop, whatever. Anyways, so are, are Wolfmen then next? Let's go for it. Alright, so Jonathan Wolfsbane, our shitty, our shitty brother, and Darius Wolfsbane, our cuck brother, I have Michael B. Jordan as the Chad, and Winston Duke as the cuck. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense, don't it? Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, doesn't it? That I landed on that one, and I was like, "Ah, this Ooh. is the end." <laughs> this is the end of the witch when Black Tom is like, "Do you want to live life deliciously?" <laughs> Shit. So this is funny and stupid. Um, I know that Winston Duke was in a lot of like very big movies, like Black Panther and Us, um, and the other Black Panther. Um, but the main thing that I know him from is from this super obscure 2020 film called Nine Days, which is one of the best movies released that year that no one other than me saw. But he is the protagonist in that. And, uh, like, that does very much have him in this, like, sort of quiet, demure, sweater vest kind of a role um, uh, that I got to see. And uh, it was a really, really powerful performance. Um he brought a lot of depth to, like, in the quiet moments. So I think, yeah, I could I could imagine him, like, in his reactions, being able to bring a lot of depth to that. And, I mean, Michael B. Jordan is Michael B. Jordan. Um, of course he can play the, the... Of course he can play the asshole chat. No question. No question. And then, and then Winston Duke absolutely can get, like, scary in... in in wolf mode when he when we need him to to get to that point yeah i mostly casted it off i just think they'd play off of each other really well and i want to see it and yeah 
<laughs> all of those words again. Yeah. Um, watch Nine Days, by the way, everybody listening. Nine Days 2020. Um, it's great. It's great. Watch it. Wow, I I have received no pushback. <laughs> I don't like I don't like you're just making choices and I'm like, yeah, these are all these all make sense to me or I don't know who that is. Like, right? That's <laughs> So now I have little monsters and miscellaneous and this is kind of for like we could pick out some actors and then maybe cast around that but the i don't really have anyone cast here at all so this will be more of a dialogue but like who do i have uh jekyll hyde who is in the dark universe and russell crowe but we didn't do anything with them we could recast it for all we know mark ruffalo showed up at avengers and no one patted an eye except for one chick in my history class i'll remember that forever uh, Grendel, we could cast, and again, just like any creepy freaks, we we never did anything with Renfield, and Renfield's got to show up at some point, right? I You've love like Dracula's. increasingly over the course of watching thirty-one Dracula movies, like having watched fifteen Dracula movies in a month. I love Renfield so much more than I did before. I don't know why he barely shows up in any of them, and I always notice because I always think this movie would be better if it had Renfield in it. He's actually such an important part of the mythos. You need a Renfield. I. I feel very strongly that our Dracula needs a Renfield. You have strong feelings. I have none. Do you have any casting that immediately sticks out for Renfield? Okay, here's the deal that I need you to be ready for. You, Devin, not the audience. The audience isn't going to need to deal with this. But anytime you ask me to cast someone, there's going to be a long period of me being quiet and thinking about it. And we're all going to be okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. Do we have a take on Renfield yet? Did we talk about, like, how, like, what we want Renfield's vibe to be? Nothing. We have nothing about Renfield. We've spent zero time talking about Renfield on this show. I don't know how much our Dracula lines up with your broader understanding of Dracula and how much the Renfield would need to play in or against that to match ours. So this is a big you talk moment. So, I mean, so the thing about Dracula in general uh, is that he's kind of boring, um, like, a lot of... I, I I really, really noticed this thing over the course of the last 15 movies where... Um, and I was talking to this a little bit with you before the show started. Um, uh, is that Dracula is, in most of the original text, not actually evil because of anything in particular that he does. He's evil because of what he is. Um, Dracula is of the devil. He is against God. And that makes him, like, inherently, essentially evil. As opposed to any particular evil thing that he does. He sure does do evil things. He does kill people. Um, uh, but that's, like, in most of the narratives, kind of, like, just a convenient way of justifying killing him. Everybody already hated him anyway. Like, the, the hatred of Dracula for being against God comes before the immoral actions. Which is something that we're very much getting away from with our particular version of Dracula. Our Dracula is, we are making them, like, um, absolutely, like, the monarch of evil, rule the world, kill everything. And obviously, like, that's the thing that happens more as you get later on into the, into the, like, the chronology of the world, right? Dracula gets more um, uh, tangibly evil in, like... Castlevania, I assume, um, and, like, you know, Van Helsing 2014, whatever, um, but our, our Dracula needs to really be specifically, um, bad and evil and cruel and ambitious, um, and I think, uh, with that in mind, our Renfield needs to be either, like, 
like Ren so Renfield is Dracula's thrall, right? That's the basic characteristic. Um, the movie will have come out by the time this this show airs. There's a movie all about Renfield. Um, it has not aired yet at the time that we're recording this, so I haven't seen the take that happens in that movie yet. Um, but Renfield is Dracula's like often driven insane thrall, who like lives to serve, and there's like a lot of different ways that we could take that if we want to make Dracula as scary as possible, some ways that are interesting to me are either um, Renfield is like a mindless, subservient, like zombie figure, basically, um, who has just like had all of their resistance and willpower sucked away by living under Dracula's thrall. Or they could be like someone who like desperately, powerfully does not want to be there and who, like, regularly tries to break free and kill Dracula, um, but Dracula is too powerful and won't allow it to happen and continues to keep them around, um, forcing them to do their bidding because they like tormenting them. I love the idea of Renfield as Theon Greyjoy. I love the idea of a Renfield who doesn't want to be there and keeps trying and failing because you're not going to kill the big bad. You're Renfield. Neil, puppy, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny when you bite my hand. Adorable, yeah. even. Yeah. Okay, perfect. I can work with that. Give me a minute. This is maybe a little bit of a left field um, uh, pick, but I would like to pitch you on Kiersey Clemens. Who's that? I'm very bad with actors. I'm so excited for you to be Googling one of these instead of me Googling all of them. Uh, I know her from Hearts Beat Loud, especially, and also Dope. She was in The Flash. She was in Scoob. Um, she was... Let me see if you would... Hold on, hold on, hold on. And what was her name again? Uh, Kiersey Clemens. Um, she was Iris West in Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> oh, a movie I saw. Uh-huh. <laughs> I will say while well, my phone is loading, uh, we did forget to cast Gail, and by we I mean me, person who wrote the list of There's things. a few bigger ones that we'll get back to that I'm remembering. Would you like to vamp about why you want to pick Kiersey Clemens? I would love to vamp is... a little about why I would like to choose Kiersey Clemens. Um, I think that, um, I mean, for one, I think she has a fair bit of range, um, but I also... Like, the, the thing that you need out of that role in particular is you need someone who can be, like, um, like really sad and furious and powerless and someone who you're going to really feel for, uh, but also, like, someone who is going to, like, believably not feel defeated. And I think that... Like, I'm basing this largely on her performance in Hearts Beat Loud, which is uh, a... God, I'm so bad at describing acting choices. Um, it's never been my strong suit in understanding media. But I think that she could, um, I don't know, get a lot, get across a lot with uh, moments of, like, quiet panic and, um, like getting to watch her face turn on a dime um is really incredible uh and she has this like an inextinguishable warmth about her that i i think would work really well for our renfield all right you've won me over and i don't know this actress so it's we've flipped roles Haha, <laughs> i got one 
Did we cast a Van Helsing? Do we have a Van Helsing? We don't have a straight up Van Helsing. We have Van Helsing twins, and I do have picks for those. Um, let me float an idea by you. It's gonna. I. I have. I have so little faith. You will know the person I'm gonna say mostly because I also don't know their name. But my idea for a Van Helsing was mostly exist in flashbacks, kind of something of more of a cameo role occasionally shows up, and I would want the nigga from The Witcher, aka the black guy who shows up in Wanderlust. <laughs> I can just search The Witcher and see who the top build black performer is there. I'll give the why I want him to be Van Helsing. It's because he has such a distinct voice and inflection and face. It is, I don't think mesmerizing is the specific word I get, but it's like once you see it, it's engraved. And I'm always going to be like, hey, that's that guy whose name I refuse to learn because of bad at actors' names. But particularly with his voice and cadence, he just like elevates even minor dialogue about his living in romantic situations and wanderlust to where i think if he like is a van helsing maybe more of an exposition thing he can make that feel more important than it would need to be i just think he makes for a good father figure aspiring role particularly in little doses and sometimes you just need a face and a voice that will capture an audience and he can do it is it cohen is it dara does he have an afro uh I, any of these actors are photos of... I mean, they're actors. They've had a variety of hairstyles. I've, all, I've only ever seen this man in The Witcher and Wanderlust, and he had the exact same haircut. Okay, well, we'll take that character then. That's fine. All right, there we go. That's our Van Helsing. Uh, Gilman, did you have a pitch for Gilman? Nothing more than just saying, I think, a tokusatsu actor, and Amber, do you know what that means? No. Okay, because you're not a Japanese nerd. So tokusatsu, uh, henshin means transform. It's Japanese Isn't the superheroes. Power Rangers thing. Yeah, yeah. So like Power Rangers is tokusatsu, and the reason I want like a tokusatsu actor is because if your gill man is someone in a bodysuit, then you need to be someone who understands how to give a performance with your body, mm-hmm. and that's the entire point of being like a tokusatsu performer. I mm-hmm. didn't. I couldn't like. The obvious one is Andy Serkis, and it feels too obvious to go with. And if we have Andy Serkis in our dark universe, I'd kind of want, like, his face. Because, like, he's a, like, him and Andor, holy shit, what a performance. Shout out to you, Andy Serkis. I wish you were, like, on screen, on screen more often than you actually are. Who else did we have, cast-wise? Who's next on our list? Oh, okay, so this is the end of uh, Little Freaks, and now we have the... Uh, what? Oh, I just said casting Dark U. And I'll start from the top. I have Kay Lawrence, who last time I think we said Veronica, but Kay Lawrence is actually the name of the character we based her on, the woman in distress in the original Gilman. And her role is to be our Nick Fury. She is the character, the Agent Coulson. She's the one who shows up throughout oh, all of our Dark Universe movies. What a great idea. We're so smart. <laughs> Shout out to us. And my two picks are... Gina Rodriguez, you would know her because she was, I believe, the one who had the tattoo in Annihilation. Okay. And she plays Jane in Jane the Virgin. And I also have, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Tony Coletta? Tony the bomb from Hereditary. Yeah. Those are my two picks. Do you have anything? You know, I see Tony Collette as uh like in the nick fury role i don't know if i see her as well in the damsel role gina rodriguez i think does both 
All right, yeah, I'm down with that. Because honestly, like, I picked Tony Collette because I'm like, I like she's so good. She's great. She's she's incredible. But yeah, Gina just she can be an everyday person in a way you really, which is what this role calls for more than anything. To yeah. Just, to be a Carthonassi, a lady who exists in the world. Uh huh. All right, cool. Next up, we have Mark Reed, which is a combination of the two protagonists from Gilman. This was your pick, wherein Gilman has a sort of pseudo-actor relationship. He is the one who pretends to chase Gilman off from the village. You know, that whole thing, that grift. Yeah. I have one pick. Tell me how you feel about this. And that is, I have written Owen Wilson, parentheses, particularly <laughs> a young Owen Wilson. <laughs> I um I think we're we're leaning more towards uh like keeping people at their current age. I think Owen Wilson is a really funny choice. Are how much are we looking for a character for a an, an actor who can genuinely do a cool heroic Captain America thing and how much are we just looking for someone who's going to kind of be funny trying to do that? I think you want someone who could do a cool heroic thing and honestly i think owen wilson can <laughs> like, like i like it is funny it is just genuinely funny to see owen wilson be like oh come on gil come on man and like do that thing where he moves his head to the side and lifts his hand up but i like he can be dramatic and he doesn't get the chance to <laughs> I, mean, I I do think having someone who is believable in like a strong jawed Captain America type would be important for Mark Reed. I I just I am gonna push back a little bit on on Owen Wilson. It's the first time I'm gonna maybe disagree with a take. No, I'm here for it. I am so here. All of these are spongeable, and you <laughs> and you just agreed with me the whole time. But yeah, I'm down. I'm down to hear other stuff. And you can fantasy book if you want. I did forget to say that my only other option for, like, in my dream world, the Invisible Man is Tim Curry. But I'm pretty sure he's retired from acting due to health concerns. But if I can dream cast it, hell yeah, my Invisible Man is Tim Curry. Okay, I don't believe in this one, but I think I just want to get your reaction. Yeah. How would you feel about Liam Neeson? Um, uh, I would hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I would say no thank you. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> Fake fighting Gilman. I, 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 I keep trying to come up with an answer that I like better than Channing Tatum. Um, Ooh, that's... I, I really like Channing Tatum. <laughs> Channing Tatum, my only problem with that is like... You kind of want Chan... Oh, but Channing Tatum can just do an ancillary role perfectly. He was great in Bullet Train. Son of... Um, I... I don't have any substantive arguments against Channing Tatum. That's a good... I think Channing <laughs> Tatum is so funny it. for this. <laughs> Channing Tatum is Mark Reed. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, and we've gone from your take on a character to my full-on OC, and that is Necronama Bob, our... Laura Dump Machine, who is a living tome who's kind of attached to the wall. I imagine puppetry for this, and the only pick I have is Frank Oz, because Frank Oz is the only puppeteer I know out of hand. Despite having a great affinity for the craft, I don't know very many people responsible for it. I think that Frank Oz is a perfect pick. I would love Frank Oz. 
All right, then we did it. <laughs> Necronomabob, Frank Oz. Uh-huh. All right, and this leads us to the Helsing twins. And before I get into my picks, I have a fun casting story about this one. So I was like, I think it would be funny and cute if you did the thing where it's two twins who don't look the same, of death and ethnicities, and you never talk about it. And eagle-eyed listeners might be thinking, hey, Devin, are you stealing that idea from Amber's... <laughs> college- it's a college- joke in 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 the... in ide- Identical is what you're looking for. Identical is the... The, the original musical short film I made with my friends in college where, yes, we cast two different people as identical twins, um, and it's a joke, and we never explain it, and that's the joke. Um. Yes, and you people would be wrong, because that would require me thinking about identical. <laughs> I ripped off the bit from Helsing. That's right. the Valentine Brothers. Um, so I was like, I was trying to think of people, and I was like, oh, who's the chick from... Kingsman, the hench chick. She's Asian, right? I came to find out I was thinking of the sidekick in <laughs> the Wolverine. That's <laughs> when I googled. The, I was on the Kingsman wikia trying to find the actress. Clicked on it. Not the Asian I was thinking of. I thought I was like going through other things she had played. And it was like, most famous for starring in as the titular role in 2017's The Mummy. <laughs> so Hysterical. Yeah, my two pick on our Helsing twins are, uh, I have three, um, and that is Kelly Marie Tran, I'm going to pronounce this one wrong, Mm -hmm. Uh, Zaza Beats, uh, one of the main actresses in Atlanta, and played Domino and the Poison Assassin in Bullet Train, Mm -hmm. and Naomi Scott, who played Kimberly in Power Rangers, and you'd probably know her from the charlie's angels reboot i want to say it came out in like 2011 the I, one with Kristen stewart i did see that one it's much later than 2011 but um yeah yeah um give us, a, give us a quick reminder on who these two twins are what they're doing all right uh so the deal we kind of gave them is they're both uh legacy chasers who are trying to find their own places in the helsing line one of them is more of a deception man in the chair but still in the field type person and the other one is a hard-headed action punch ask punch first ask questions later type that's kind of where we set they were more sketches than uh fully formed characters okay great um i'm gonna i'm gonna demand that the punch first ask questions later helsing is ma dong siok um uh, who uh, was in, you might know from Train to Busan, or um, uh, he was in The Eternals. Uh... Oh, yeah, 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 the, the Korean action movie style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big beefy boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been picturing them as girl twins the whole time, but you know what? You, I've been one over. He needs to be here. He's fucking rad. He's, I, I will require he be there. I mean, we can... That's why all my picks are ladies. The other one, the other one can be a girl. Like I'm fine with that, but I really, yeah, I really want Ma Dong Siok in in that one. All right, hell yeah, that uh, that's perfect. You done did it. I won't fight you. So, do you have any thoughts on the subterfuge twin? I'm looking through. I'm looking through a list of actresses. I keep getting picks, and then they're not in the right age range, and I'm like, ah, no. And to the eagle-eared listeners, me, we don't have eagle-eared fans. You may be noticing that in the last episode, we introduced this concept as Helsing twin sisters, and now one is not. And to that I say, 
It's fine. It's <laughs> You're going to be everybody. okay, I promise. Everyone will be okay. And if you come up with a better casting, we'll, we'll change it. We'll change it if you do better. Here's the problem with casting women. Um, none of them are allowed to age. You know? <laughs> Where are all the old women? It's fucking sort of true. Like, I don't know. I, like... I cast I cast one twin um, because I really wanted him in that role. And then I'm locked into, like, oh, I need, like, a, like, late 40s, early 50s Korean actress um, that I know enough to, like, have opinions on her casting. Um, and she doesn't have to be Korean. That's part of the bit. That's That's true. Okay, so let me pitch you this. How would you feel about Tony Collette? I was just about to say, you know, Tony Collette's open. Now. Yeah, right. Yeah, fuck it, why not? We're on the same level, you and I. <laughs> that's, and that's our Helsing twins. Next, we've got Doctor Frankenstein, and I really want to know what you have to think about this and. Again, it was more of a sketch, and we just kind of said, Lean's more mad scientist, um, and I said a bit of a pageant-mom relationship to our mm -hmm, Clancy mm -hmm, Brown mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you feel about Dr. Frankenstein as played by Steve Buscemi. I think I love it. I'm into it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I think that works, right? totally. That one just works. Um, we also have our Dr. Pretorius, who I do believe is canonically dead in our universe. But what does it mean to be dead if your husband is Dr. Frankenstein? And the casting I had is David Diggs, because I want David Diggs here. He's great, and I want him here. <laughs> I definitely have a couple castings like that where I'm just, like, sitting, waiting for the moment where I get to cast Ki Hoi Kwan in something. So, yay, nay, thoughts, feelings? What is what does this character do in this story? I like David Diggs. We didn't say a lot. We just kind of said is there and is possibly dead. Because the height of Frankenstein's achievement came when he and Dr. Pretorius made Frankenstein's monster and the bride. And now without that, our, do our good doctor is lost. So we don't have a lot for Dr. Pretorius and how he then it's functions. Then it's wide open. I also like to be digs. I think about blind spotting every single day and I support it. Let's do it. All right, cool. That leads us to, we have one more, possibly two more, just for now. You know, I'm going to switch the order. Just an idea I feel uh, I want to throw past you real quick, but the idea of what if Frankenstein's monster had a brother, and we cast, I don't have his name, I just wrote Victor Drago, because that motherfucker's cool, knows how to do presents and act with his body, and should be in more roles. He got to be Victor Drago and Razor Fist, and he's surprisingly good as Victor Drago. What are we doing with Frankenstein's brother? What does that do in the story for us? I don't know yet. I just kind of wanted to. Sure, whatever. You can have it, man. I'm not going to stop you. We'll come up. We'll come up, I'll come up with something when we revisit this proper. Okay, and that's the last, it's the last supporting character. Rico, last name, name pending, but Rico is actually the underwater actor who played Gilman, because now we're casting our Gilman supporting character in our Gilman solo movie that's, apparently you said it was functionally the Bumblebee movie that I didn't see, and the only bit I have is 
a Haley Steinem type question mark question mark question mark okay so a guy named Rico who is a Haley Steinem type yes the kid who Gil helps realize his dad is trying his best I feel like the very obvious one is the Nazi kid from Knives Out also known as the main kid from it yeah oh he was also in book of henry was it or life of Henry? art of henry i don't fucking remember the bad movie but it's a little too obvious isn't it it's a kind of a boring pick i think and just while we're here on the air i'm gonna vamp for a second because i was on a huge game of thrones rewatch kick whilst i was casting most of this and i realized i was just recasting half the show so i cut myself down a lot uh <laughs> but didn't miss with casting. I couldn't find a place for Cersei. Also played Mom on Dread. I wanted her to be here. I couldn't find something. And my other pick, besides Owen Wilson, was Jamie Lannister. Name I can't remember. It's really fun to pronounce. I just, oh God, I wanted everyone from fucking Game of Thrones again because they're all so good. Kid actors are hard because by the time you cast them, they've grown up more. That's actual. You know? Actual. Unless you cast fucking another one that is kind of boring. Oh, what's his name? I can't. Peter Parker. Oh, um, uh, no, he's fully a grown up by now. No, but like he's perpetually a child. He like I cannot like he plays. Roles you know, where that's he's what we to... always used to say about Michael Sarah. But <laughs> now Michael Sarah is playing a, a dad and stuff. You know. Yeah, but. Peter Parker hasn't hit that yet. I still look at him. I'm like, oh, look at this little baby. This tiny it's Tom little Holland, baby. by the Tom way. Tom Holland. Is what there we for. go. Little tiny baby. I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. Little little baby in his little little diapers. And nobody remembers who he is now. He's going to go be sad to the next Spider-Man movie. And he's so young. Okay, I'm going to throw you uh, another one that you have a 0% chance of knowing. Go for it. Um... I think we should do Woody Norman, um, who is the kid from Come On, Come On, 2021, um, which is one of the best films of 2021, uh, which is already a stacked year for movies. Um, I totally recommend watching Come On, Come On. Um, and the second, like, uh, the second person in the credits, the, like, second biggest role, um, is, uh is Woody Norman, who is a kid. Like, like sort of an actual kid, though. Um, it's maybe a little bit... Like, it's it's definitely younger on the spectrum than Tom Holland is. Um, I don't know him from anything else, but in that movie, it was, like, honest to God, a tour de force performance of being both, like, the funniest, realist, most, like, oh, he's just a weird kid, and also, like, grappling with the biggest fucking emotions I've ever seen in my life. Um, I was amazed. I was in awe. And I think that he could handle anything we could throw at him. I'm down for Woody Norman. But before I move on, I would like to just say that for some reason his IMDb entry is Woody Norman is a young English actor, period. He is super adorable and has charmed many fans with his cuteness. <laughs> That's weird. I don't like That's that. Not, why is that that? I... Why? What? <laughs> You're right. That's there. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck, IMDb? I bet it's like, I like either he wrote it himself or like, I don't know, like like his parents wrote it or something. 
Yeah, I I agree with you. My only other pick would be casting more people from House of the Dragon because they're child actors I recognize at the moment. So yeah, <laughs> Woody, who has charmed audiences with his cute <laughs> kids like fourteen, that works for us. All right, and that is uh, all of the people that I have written down. We've now cast. I can't believe I never found a place to cast Ki Hoi Kwan. Rest assured, he will find his way into our universe somehow. Eventually, we do. <laughs> we do. We can, we can do a revisit casting where we just go through actors we want. And then <laughs> Who we want, and then we invent roles for them. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll find a role for you yet, Harrison Ford. Don't worry, Keanu, my love. We're coming for you. Don't worry, main actress in Memoirs of a Geisha, who Taylor is going to punch me in the face for not remembering the name of. We'll find a spot for you yet. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us for this week's episode of Original Podcast Do Not Steal. I hope it was a blast. I hope you got something out of it. This is one where there were a lot of log pauses, so I hope it really comes together in the edit. It um, will. It will. I actually have a lot of confidence in it. This was a lot of this was a lot of fun, and I think we have a lot of good choices here. Yeah, shout out to us. We did the podcast. Do you have any thoughts and feelings about it before we close out and just do our catchphrases? I think that we should be able to make the Universal Monster Movie universe. I think we would be good at it. I think that all of our ideas are really good and we're geniuses. Listen, Dalton and Dylan, I know you guys have the contract totally 100% from Universal, but, like, you know, just let us slide in a bit. Or, or at the very least, just let, let us... Come on. Yeah, let us get the reboot at the very least, guys. Come on. <laughs> but anyways, peeps, that has been the podcast. I have been Prince Devin, and Amber is about to tell you what we're not going to talk about next week. It's wrestling. Wrestling is what we're not going to talk about next week. Join us next week when Devin tries to get us to talk about professional wrestling, but instead, um, uh, 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 shit, um. You didn't have a pick, did you? I didn't have a pick. (laughs) Join us next week when Devin tries to get us to talk about professional wrestling, um, but instead, uh, fuck it, we talk about Scott Pilgrim. Oh, are we doing animated series current book movie? i'm i'm going book we're doing i i think we're doing book Ooh, full-on book all right uh yeah anything else to add and just like there are many adaptations of scott pilgrim there are many plans many schemes i have to ensure that one day we monetize our friendship and that is how i close episodes Check offs fucking whistle. That's why you pay us on Patreon every month. Okay, bye. Bye.